this idea of like it's either art or ads. There's there's basically the two the two things that are happening in in a internet economy. You have like people creating stuff and then people trying to sell stuff based on the attention that's on yeah, the stuff that somebody accurate. else it's is creating. Crazy it's very simple, right? What do you think about look at the top companies in the world? Top ten. Obviously Facebook, uh, Meta and Google, they're ads based. Amazon has a thirty billion dollar ad business. Microsoft has a ten Everything comes back to ads on the internet. It's just like... Wow, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. We've got the NIA boys here today. Trunk fan, Jack Butcher, Bilal Zaidi. What's going on, boys? Hell of a week ahead. What's going on? Well, what's what's the hell of a week ahead? What, uh, I mean, it's, just it's, like, always, uh, it's the hell of a week if you make it that trunk. You know, let's just get oh, it started yeah. off. Positive. Uh, it's only... It's only Tuesday. Yeah. It's already, you already got to that dad level no, this week? Is that what it is? No, it's danger zone now, man. It's always sunny. And when it's sunny, all I want to do is drink, which is really bad for sleep. So, yeah. You're feeling it from uh, the weekend still, yeah? Uh, I was I was pretty, I had some reason drank on Sunday. <laughs> like, You're still what, feeling what, it today. Way to start the week. It's just not a good way to start the week. How about you guys? What's, uh, what's popping? What's going on, Jack? Jack, anything going on your mate, side, mate? No, I'm just, just uh, back from traveling. Got some family time in. Having a, had a good few days back at home. All right, where, where beautiful. Where were you I was in New York last week, I think. Yeah. Was that only last week? Or like a, that was I last can't remember. week, yeah, I think. Yeah, week and, and a half or something. And this is all related. Like. Oh, the, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the NFT, uh, everything's related to checks when you travel, right? Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair cool, enough. cool, cool. All right, well, we've got a lot to talk about. Let's get on with it, boys. It was SpaceX, uh, Starship. We're going to be talking about that today. We also got uh, a follow-up to last week's AI music discussion, uh, an artist called Grimes. Um, we're going to just explain what she posted and how that's relevant to what we spoke about last week. And then the end of BuzzFeed News and kind of like legacy media stuff going on with Tucker and Don Lemon out. What so that was a like I, I don't watch either of those networks. I don't I'm gonna have to get into it now, but it's like I'm like, damn, this is like a pretty crazy day. Double what two of them just yeah, it feels like the, the TV show stars like and cable uh TV, right? Watch did you guys watch that morning show on Apple with uh Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It kinda reminds me a little bit like that, just like the drama of it all. Yeah, and I honestly I haven't even followed that stuff. So yeah, I wanna hear your take on that. Um but yeah, let's start off with the SpaceX stuff. Trung, what happened in the last week, mate? Because uh, I know you were following well, this what did, pretty closely. What, what have you guys followed? What, what, what is the context here that we know? Jack, did you see much about this? I just saw that there was the Starship launch, and that's about it. Did you rapid know what disassembled, yes. rapid, unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've not, uh, not been in it um, as much as I should be. I actually was just having this conversation yesterday, like, Whenever I get sent the recaps of these things, I watch them. I'm like, why am I like, like getting out of bed, scheduling time in the day to watch this? Because it is like profound, incredible. Like, yeah. Just like, for whatever reason, man, like we don't have that uh, collective appreciation for the magnificent. It's we're too, crazy, we're right? too uh, distracted watching Indian Matchmaker on yes. Netflix, mate. Or uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Blind, Tucker Carlson's. Know. Oh my god, fucking this guy's been sacked from the news. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. But I mean, actually, that was something what we wanted to talk about as well. Maybe we can explain what happened, but also just kind of like why people yeah, don't let's really talk care 50, about space. Foot level, right? It's like something. Has, so, like, here's the top line. This is like it's the heaviest and most powerful rocket ever created, right? So there was a time 
many decades ago when this used to obviously be a huge deal. It's it's a lot of topics that we've covered on this show about like appointment viewing. And I mean, you guys are just, you nailed it, right? There's all these different verticals of distraction and somehow it all flattens out, right? Because we're all consuming it on Twitter or we're all consuming it on YouTube. So everything kind of feels and looks the same. Like the sporting event, like before the show, Bilal was talking about the Premier League. And then we're talking about uh, Tucker Carlson from Fox and Don Lemon from CNN, both uh, either resigned or were fired or whatever happened yesterday. We'll go through that. But it all kind of flattens everything. And to Jack's point, we kind of lose sight of when something actually ridiculous happens. And yeah. so so I have to reiterate, like Starship is the largest rocket that humanity's ever tried to send like and launch. This this actually test wasn't meant to send it into orbit. So this was an integrated test flight. And there were some problems with it. And uh, SpaceX will learn and uh, improve future launches. But for anybody that saw the headlines, you probably saw, I mean, did you guys see, hey, uh, Jack alluded to it uh, uh, before the show. Well, actually, he alluded to it right now. SpaceX tweeted out rapid uh, uh, disas- Wait, what was it? What was it? Rapid unscheduled disassembly, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay. So basically, within four minutes of launching this rocket, there was a rapid unscheduled disassembly, which people made fun of to say, like, this is the greatest euphemism ever for it blew up in midair, uh, which it did. The plan was for, again, the largest and most powerful rocket ever to be sent as do a partial uh, uh, turn around the globe, and then it was going to disassemble and uh, and land somewhere in the Pacific near Hawaii. So what ended up happening is that Starship is a, it, it's two parts. So somewhat confusingly, the top part, which is the vehicle that will eventually ferry people to Mars and the moon, uh, that is also called Starship. And the bottom part is called the heavy booster. And that is where you put the 36 uh, Raptor engines that fires it into the air. So it never actually got the separation between the first part and the second part. And what the second part was sent, it, what, what they ended up doing was they realized it wasn't separating. So they actually did a controlled explosion uh, uh, to blow it up above, uh, past the uh, Gulf of Mexico. So the two things I will say is this, and I'm happy to ask you guys questions. We can do the more macro stuff. But the why the launch wasn't necessarily a failure, because if you actually look at a lot of mainstream media coverage, a lot of it is they just hate Elon. That's just the truth. Or the, he's definitely a media political type of enemy. A lot of coverage is like, oh, blew up midair, right? This is a total failure. Uh, I think on the positive sides, I, I think anybody that, if you, you'll never see such a dichotomy on Twitter, which again, it's not the real world, but if you look at people to understand and talk about space, and then you look at like uh, the, you know, the, the, the cheap sheets of the, the media folk, total split, right? Everybody in like, even the NASA administrator was like great success, right? And then just look at it. it basically like what happened is you have to think about what happened if they didn't get this rocket off the launch pad. Or if there was such a terribly bad accident that, God forbid, somebody got injured, which, uh, you know, there are questions now around some of the pollutions that happened and the dust and the sound stuff, but nobody actually directly, to my knowledge, has got injured within the first uh, uh, from that launch. But imagine if something really bad had happened. You could ground this thing potentially forever, right? like between regulators and the public, he's like, this is too dangerous. Because this is the equivalent of setting off a bomb, essentially, to lift uh, 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 the rocket into the air. Because we're talking about something that's like, I think what the number was, there's something ridiculous. I think 5,000 tons 
I mean, this thing can carry 250,000 tons of payload. Or no, kilograms of payload. Uh, but it's 400 feet high. Uh, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but clearing the launch pad is very important. Uh, the FAA actually has put a pause on future Starship missions as they investigate uh, the explosion, which looks like it's much bigger than they expected. But the second part is there's something uh, during uh, the flight of a rocket called Max-Q, and that's basically the maximum pressure at any point that that ship will face. And uh, if it can survive that, you, you basically prove that, you know what, it's actually possible to get the most powerful and the largest rocket into the air, 40 kilometers, it was supposed to go 140 kilometers, but iterations away from getting to orbit and beyond, uh, the TLDR for me was just, we talked about it, is they're already landing rockets in a much smaller uh, vehicle called the Falcon 9 and the Falcon Heavy, and the re-landing rockets that can be reused. So my point, and Jack brought it up, is it's freaking amazing what's already been done. And if you had said 10 years ago you were landing rockets in a barge in the middle of the ocean, like, no, like, well, I kind of just want to ask you guys, like, it's just gotten so normalized, right? Is, is this kind of the feeling here, like the space travel stuff? I yeah, think it's normalized, but it's also people have shit imaginations, right? They don't really, <laughs> you know, you can't really extrapolate what that means for humanity, I think. For the most part, like even if you follow it, you it gets normalized to a certain extent. But someone that's completely outside of it, it's like, oh, you're setting hundred million dollars on fire every three days or whatever, whatever the investment is in this stuff. Obviously, your ability to think long term about the implications of it, other thing, that's how you justify the spending, right. the experimentation, the failure, all of that stuff. And if you have no appreciation for that in general right it's like a lot of this appreciation comes from people in the technology world that have worked at or been exposed to the process of building something and it isn't like it's very different than how something is evaluated from a media perspective what i think we had this conversation on here once is like what's the or it's a balaji idea where it's like what is the difference between you telling the story and the media telling the story it's like the, oh, the Russell conjugation, right? It's like it has uh, to be a villain. Yeah, or and the way uh, the way he described it is like uh, he, he uses this example always. Like, he calls it the Russell conjugation. It's the same fact presented in a different manner. I don't know if this is exactly Tomo, but it's almost similar. It's like so, like the 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 news media in your type will say, "Oh, you're doxing someone." Like individual ex independent Twitter guy is doxing another person. But if we do the same thing, if we reveal somebody's information address and address, we're, right. we're, 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 we're doing investigative a, journalism. Journalistic integrity, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the different interpretations of the same thing. It, it, I, I, I totally agree with you on uh, the perception of the SpaceX explosion. Lack of imagination is such a great word, right? I mean, a, a phrasing. I mean, well, blah, well, how do you feel about this? Is like, we see this space stuff happen and like, again, it feels normalized or like, there's just not as much excitement as you think there should be. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think just at the surface level, I think you often hear in the press or like just in conversations, just these kind of basic talking points, which if you don't do any more digging, you're kind of just going to be like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense on the surface level. So often I'll hear people say, oh, there's so many problems on earth. Why do these billionaires care about going to space? Like that's the framing around it, especially in the media. Like, And they frame it as like, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Richard Branson uh, just got this big dick measuring contest, basically. And there's like, who's going to get to space first and who's going to get to, not space first, but Mars or whatever. And 
if you just read like you know the press and that's all you read like a headline that might be the conclusion you get to right but when i i think i read uh did tim urban have a series on spacex i think yeah, right he wrote yeah, it, yeah, he yeah i think i wrote because he had a few he had on tesla he had a few uh multiple parts but that one was really enlightening um i almost like want an updated version of that because i think that was some time ago um and just understand like where they're trying to go do you like, remember the fifty thousand foot reason like i mean well we know to what, be honest i don't I think, remember too much well, but what's the meme of it why does elon want to go to space what is his ultimate reason like i think most people know this one i don't know the lie like, of consciousness yeah oh yeah 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 exactly okay he okay, wants yeah, to yeah. he wants to uh, the reason he wants to go to mars multi it's a multi-planetary multi species because yeah. like you said from the uh, tim urban we why is like we, there's no insurance if anything happens to earth right it's like mars is the closest planet that we can have and put a million people want and uh obviously it won't be easy and it's quite inhospitable to be frank but the idea that should humanity have an insurance policy just in case like dinosaurs got wiped Asteroids are always, listen, we all see Armageddon. Like, we know what's possible, right? That movie, even though it's 1% factually true, I mean, that's the that's meme of it, right? But yeah, and, Trung, to that point, I think that goes to what Jack said before about imagination. I think no one sees an asteroid hitting the planet as a reasonable thing or realistic thing, the same way none of us thought the world would be shut down for a global pandemic yeah, three totally. years ago, right? And so that that's kind of where... I've got to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't know enough about this. I know like 0.001% about this whole world. So I've like read enough about it to be like, oh, I understand beyond even just the business case, right? Like there's materials you can get from space. Uh, even like the stuff they're doing with, was it Starlink or whatever? Yeah. Uh, like that comes from, um, you know, this sort of exploration as well. So yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know much more than that, but well, I guess- Well, let's, while we learn from, yeah. but I think you nailed the, the so- Let's talk about the 50,000 foot uh, and let's work our way down to what's more yeah. practical, right? So we already discussed it. Uh, Jack said it is the extending the light of consciousness. But I mean, it is the idea that, you know, there's been 100 billion people ever born and uh, uh, however many more in the future, if you care at all about humanity having, I don't know, thousands of years ahead of us, um, potentially millions uh, before the sun explodes or whatever, I think that's like 5 billion years. The whole point being, you have an insurance policy, and can you be technologically advanced enough to get it, right? And Starship is, is, will be the vehicle that will ferry people to Mars. So what's fully operational, I mean, again, we're so far away from this, uh, but which, which is why, again, Thursday when it happened was so important because somebody had a great tweet to tell them about this, there, there's like a fork in history. If, the, if it was such a disastrous launch and that thing was shut down forever, and mind you, on this Tuesday recording, the FAA yesterday said they are putting putting a pause on Starship uh, to look at the launch capacity and look what future launches can do to be more environmentally friendly and uh, make sure that uh, all all uh, guardrails are put in place. But the point is, if this was a truly a disaster, you're talking about shutting down what could be, what is meant to be the insurance policy. So just to give... Uh, more background on this 50,000 foot level is there's a world take it with a grain of salt if you want but they want this type of launch happening multiple times a day fully reusable rockets uh this is the holy grail of rocketry i think most people can grok this is why do you need reusable boosters reusable uh, aerospacecrafts because if you had to rebuild an airplane every single time we flew 
it's impossible, right? It's financially. Hey, hey. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Trunk. Did you see someone did an amazing like TikTok summary of this that I saw? Someone posted it on Twitter where it was like the equivalent NASA rocket was like, I think in the tens of billions compared to Starship. And they want to get to a point where they're producing one of these every three days. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah Literally uh, rolling one off the production yeah. line, Starship like every three days. production line and, and, and launching multiple times a day and reusing it. What I will add about Starship, remember this thing is five times the size of those landing rockets we see. So at this point, it's, we've seen it all. It's become so normalized. That rocket that re-lands itself on a fucking barge in the middle of the ocean, that thing uses legs, right? Starship is so big, it can't even land on legs. So the idea to land Starship is if you guys... It has to be caught, tower, right? It has to be caught by the tower by something called Mechazilla. It's arms on the tower. Incredible. If, if you're listening, Google a Mechazilla or a Rafa, if you could throw the Mechazilla gift or video up uh, uh, on this recording. It's ridiculous, right? It truly There's also a great official SpaceX, like, five-minute trailer. Have you seen that? Um, oh, is it with, like, uh, is it with like concept images of what the future will look like? Yeah, it's a render, and they're, like, talking over it. Okay, um, amazing. It's sick. Rafa, I'll, you I'll got find us. the link. Okay, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rafa, so obviously it sounds like science fiction, but so did landing your rocket on a barge, right? But to, mm -hmm. to Jack's point, yeah, they want to send every day. So this is the number I read. This, and, and this is still quite abstract because how far away, but to get basically a colony on Mars, we'd have to reach the world that Jack talked about. You're launching multiple times a day. If you did that, if you did, I think, three or four launches a day, every single day for a year, you could send, I think it is a million tons of stuff, uh, of equipment to Mars. And so we're talking three times a day for a year. Then you could actually start a colony. I have no idea how far we are from that based on just that first rapid uh, unplanned disassembly, uh, which is the euphemism that SpaceX tweeted out. Uh, people comparing it to, uh, uh, you remember when Gwyneth Paltrow broke up with uh, uh, Chris Martin? They had a mutual uh, uncoupling. <laughs> mm, <laughs> the, the, nice. like, this is a great uh, uh, a euphemism. All right, so that's the Mars part. That's obviously very far away. Uh, one level down then is Bilal kind of talked about it. Uh, and and Jack's talking about we don't have the imagination. Well, think about the space economy. Uh, I think, Bilal, you mentioned mining. Uh, obviously, there's an audience, a low Earth orbit, a constellation of satellites. So Starlink, which has a million paying subscribers, has 3,000 satellites in orbit. That's internet, the satellite internet, right? And they're actually not going to compete directly with, uh, uh, you know, like your normal internet providers because, you know, running things under the ground and into your house shockingly is faster than a satellite internet. But obviously... And there's already lots, like an infrastructure. Yeah, like it works for like big cities and exactly. stuff like that. So which goes to the next part, Bilal? You're going to know the answer. What is the purpose of Starlink? I guess it's they're giving go. access to people where you don't get access to regular exactly. Verizon files or wh yeah, whatever your local be, thing is. Yeah. Exactly. And, and also planes. Yeah. I think uh, oh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of private they're planes are starting of, to get it. Yeah, planes are going to get it. So like uh, they have coverage in 50 countries right now. So easily we'll cover the entire world eventually. They I've spoken to a couple of people who live on like an island and they use and it. They and they have Starlink? It's amazing, yeah. Uh, They're quite, well, what's the feedback on it? I can't remember if they said they were getting it or I, I've spoken to a few people that live in like the countryside who have used it and they have said it's great. Um, and then I thought I spoke to someone on an island or maybe they were telling me they were going to get it at some point. I can't remember, but 
But it, apparently it's great. I mean, it's, it's me, not man, like Verizon say... Fios, like the way yeah. I'm using it right now is like <laughs> 500 meg download or something crazy. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's amazing for people who are in more remote areas, though. That's the, yeah. the target, I think. Or development in the continent of Africa, where it's very difficult yeah. to lay out infrastructure, right? Exactly. Like it's going to be obviously valuable. And obviously, Ukraine uh, has been using it during the war, yeah. sometimes controversially. Uh, there's a lot of questions around who's paying for it. Is the DOD paying for it? Elon himself says he's put up at least $100 million to support it. But then he's had SpaceX has chosen not to activate it in certain regions. Um, so there's controversy around that. But then that's the next level. That's the whole point. Is that they found, basically, an incredible business model to pay for going to Mars, right? Because previously, the people paying you are, are like government entities that are trying to get the put stuff into space, go to ISS. International Space Station. Yeah, I was going to say, Trunks, how, how do they make money at the moment in terms of revenue? It's, a lot of it is just come launch government business, contracts. Yeah, from the launch business, just sending stuff into space. The satellites. Which they, they fully monopolized this business, right? This year, in the year 2023, they will put up uh, uh, 80 to 90% of all the payloads that will be going up to space. That's more than the United States, China, uh, India's got a launch business, or Blue Origin, all the combined. They're doing more than all. It's of like them. Amazon and e-commerce dollars, yeah. right, Trump? Or like Go or Google with search blows for me. Once a week, you gotta get in. You gotta get it. Yeah. No, that's the second part of it, right? There's this business. That's crazy, like, man. Even just like the internet business itself, they. I mean, there's projection again. Grain of salt. We're talking ten, twenty billion dollars a year revenue just on the internet business, right? So that's a monster business. How many locations do they launch from? <laughs> they launch satellites from. Do you know? Does it matter? Uh, they, they launched some off of uh, uh, from uh, Florida, uh, and then Cape Boca Chica, Canaveral. yeah, but Boca Chica, Texas, is where they did Starship. And again, they, this is not all perfection and and and, and fully clean, right? But Boca Chica, Texas, is a very very like lively habitat for many species. And listen, this is gonna fuck shit up, and it has. And uh, the but it's a job with FAA working with uh, SpaceX to determine how much and where to do these the rocketry to balance between the environment and again to Jack's point, top of the things like what is our management? What how much does it matter to have this insurance in place, right? Because I think Blau, you brought it up. It's like about the about COVID and the pandemic. We can sit with our thumbs in our asses, right? And just like no care for thinking about insurance. And just like a insurance for humanity. So there's gotta be a balance somewhere uh between, you know, let's insure humanity and yes, there's going to be some ecological damage. Let's try to minimize it. Um, so I think that's kind of where uh, the Starship situation is at. So Trunk, can I ask a quick question? Just follow up yeah. to what you're saying. So to my original point where I don't believe this, but a lot of people say, why should we care about going to space? You kind of mentioned yeah. about surviving, the human race surviving in case of a crazy event. Now, apart from that, which is a very valid reason. Are there other reasons that I'm not thinking of that we should also yeah. care about it? Well, I'll say, I'll, I'll give a big one. So in the 1960s, so JFK famously said, uh, we should go to the moon when he was elected. He wanted, we want to be on the moon by the end of this decade. Part of that was space race versus the Soviet Union, right? So the Soviets sent the first person to space. And uh, during the Cold War, that was a huge uh, psychological and propaganda win for them. I mean, you could talk about the national, we haven't talked about the national defense angle, right? Like the future of war is going to be drone warfare. It's going to be satellite and uh, autonomous aerial vehicles 
And the reality is you have to have a constellation of satellites to win that war. So there's a national defense uh, area, you know, right? That, that's what we haven't talked about. And, uh, and we, we, we touched on it with Russia v. Ukraine, but China has straight up said that Starlink is a threat, like to, is a national security threat. So the other part that I'll add though, to answer your question directly is the amount of technology that comes off of space exploration is insane. And you, it's almost impossible to compute the value that has come from it, but I'll give you guys an idea that, uh, so NASA, as part of its mandate, has to commercialize any of the technology that it used to get people to space, right? So as we all know, 1969, we did get someone to the moon. I think at the peak of spending for NASA, they're spending 2% of US GDP, something insane. So just to give a, a, an idea what that would be, 10%, 2% of GDP now, would be three to four hundred billion dollars uh, of U.S. GDP. So that was being spent just to get people to the moon. So to answer Bilal's questions very directly, I'm going to read a tweet I sent out. But even that is funny the way you said that just to get people to the moon is just kind of fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Right? Like, yeah. It's the greatest <laughs> undertaking man has ever like a technological right. undertaking. Right? People forget like the 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 computer on the uh, the craft that got uh, the. I think it's Apollo. I can't remember what it was. Gone to the moon. There's more power by like a thousand. Unlocked. Or a, to so much Genesis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Had say, more, dude, yeah. Our, our smart, our, our iPhone is like 10,000 times more powerful. Yeah. So uh, uh, let me answer Bell's uh, question directly. It's called spinoff technologies. I'm, I'm sure part of it is, you know, propaganda too, right? It's like, hey, we're spending all this money. Uh, you look at this cool stuff we're making. But I'm going to list you guys some cool stuff. And you tell me whether or not it was worth it. NASA research has led to the development of 2,000 commercialized products and services. They call these NASA spin-off technologies. There's been so many spin-off technologies from NASA. They have a whole website and a print publication to document them. Bef um, before you before you list them, how does it how does it get from NASA to commercial? They have a partner, or they like yeah, license they, they, it, or how does they it license work? license it at a very reasonable. Well, I'll give you a very uh, very clear one: Black and Decker Dustbusters. You guys remember Dustbuster vacuum? That. That is NASA well, the handheld one, you mean? Yeah, exactly. So they, they're like, here's the technology we use, vacuums that we have to do for our space travel. We're licensing it to Black & Decker. Yeah, so they have corporate partners. Some other ones, insane. Invisalign. That shit should be free, man. That shit should be, like, we should own that. <laughs> Paying tax. Yeah. Well, uh, I love how Jazz getting like, tax season. All right, hold on. Let me rip off a couple, and then you can go on your tax ramp. Invisalign, CAT scans, baby formula, memory foam. Home insulation, the computer mouse, ear thermometer, freeze-dried food, cell phone cameras, because you need small cameras for space, uh, scratch-resistant lenses, water purification, so they use that for the pools now, swimming pools. So if you ever swim in a swimming pool, say thank you to NASA. Athletic shoes, the shock absorbers, and then the Black & Decker dust buster vacuums. Three urban legends, which are not from NASA, are Tang, Velcro, and Teflon. If those three did come from mm. NASA, that would be incredible. But uh, to answer your question directly, Bilal, that is like what people should be thinking about. The material scientists coming out from SpaceX for what they're doing, I guess granted, they're a private organization, so you can be like, oh, what, you want to get to own it? I don't know what the licensing arrangement from any technology is. But that hasn't been, his, hasn't been typical of his behavior anyway, right? All the Tesla stuff is Oh, the Tesla open. stuff's open source, yeah. So I don't so, think that would be the case, but who knows? Yeah, and... Exactly, right? The, the point being, you get all this spin-off technology. So, Bilal, does that convince you 
of the value of it or is it still just kind of like nebulous no, but... I, th I think that answers it for sure i think it's my this is me actually thinking now not those people i was referencing before so when i spoke to those people in the past i've always just found it to be that a lot of those people have just read a headline and they've kind of formed their decision already yeah. because of they don't like elon they don't like billionaires whatever you want to say and so because of that, it just fits that narrative of like, why are these rich people going doing stuff when we've got problems here on earth? Which I get that line of logic, but it is easily debunked once you go a well, step deeper. Well, let's dismantle the biggest one, right? The, yeah. the, most, the most famous one that involved Elon was uh, UN World Food Hunger. Like, we, if we could solve if you spend world this hunger amount of by money $7 on... billion. Dollars, yeah, he's like, yeah. okay, give me your exact point-by-point -point plan. And That's a the, good but, point, the, yeah. But the, the, I think... I think the world hunger one, which gets brought up a lot, is actually really bad. Is like it's not actually about the food production. We have more than yeah. enough food production to feed on Earth. It's logistics, it's supply chains, and it's corrupt governments. You're trying to send stuff to governments around the world, which are not necessarily looking out for the benefits of their citizens. They're finding ways to reroute the food, steal it, not even storing it properly. Like I think thirty-four percent of global food production goes to waste. It's like it's not. Do we have enough food? There's other problems here that money may not be able to solve. Yeah, that's a good that's a good example. And uh, yeah, I think even just like war is another one. Obviously, I worked in, in oh, that yeah, in the past. Oh yeah, dude, this is great. So yes. like war is interesting. I, I don't know the numbers exactly anymore, but it's roughly like one in seven people don't have access to, to clean drinking water. Yeah, it used to be six six three million. I think it's actually more now because they changed the definition. That is obviously a terrible thing, but. A lot of people are like, well, why is this still the case? Is it just because governments haven't got the act together? A lot of the time there is government problems um, related to this, but a lot of it is just there's so many pe people forget how many people live in like rural areas, right? Like we're, we're used to thinking of New York, Austin, Nashville, Vancouver, but like if you go to the rest of the world, there's hundreds of millions, billions of people living in remote villages in you know, like places that are hard to get to. Um, so again, it's, you can't just like, say here's uh you know a trillion dollars and now that solves all the world's war problems like it's it's not that simple there's there's a, a lot, lot of work that an infrastructure that needs to be put in place so i think that would be a similar example i think we just lost trunk did you lose trunk there as well jack a weekly yeah, so trunk dropper? exactly this this point in time every week yeah yeah Hits the load. His, his, <laughs> his credits, his credits ran out. He's going to swipe his card right now to get his top up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's oh, basically. Mate, yeah, yeah. Does that? What, what were you going to say? Does that remind you of something? Did I was you just ever say the payers? No, the payers you go thing just made, made me crack up, man. Getting the fuck the voucher and scratching off the thing. Orange. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Mate, I don't know if you ever had this in the UK, but um, when we were very poor, <laughs> you'd have to go to a local store and basically like pay for your energy and stuff. And you'd go with your card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, right. it was like, uh, that's what I was thinking of when he, when he dropped off. I worked in um, the co-op. I worked in the co-op last Oh, I was, you'd be uh, topping them up, yeah? Familiar <laughs> with all those systems, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we could just keep this going since uh, Trunks dropped off. But well, what do you reckon, mate? Is, it, is there anything left on the space stuff that you would want answered if you were on that side that we I were think, discussing? I, I think my closing thought on it is like understanding that you kind of have to overshoot the thing you're trying to develop to make something uh, new that works i think that that yeah that's like an interesting massive misconception too is the process of innovation is like we're going to define exactly what it is we're trying to do and we're going to stop exactly there it's like that's not how 
research, development, any kind of breakthrough works. It's like the most extreme version of it is being developed by a small number of people. And then the byproduct of that becomes products, ideas, discoveries, oh, things that yeah. like flow back down to more well, and more Jack, people and are easier to commercialize. F1 is a probably. greatest example, right? right? F1 technology. They're oh, pushing yeah? these vehicles well, to that? the limits. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're, like well, the fuel efficiency, like uh, like gearboxes that are developed for F1, like you, even like um, dude, the fuel rear injection rear systems. From, just, the fuel injection, the rear view mirror came from like a racing cars. But Jack nailed it. They're pushing these things to the limit. So obviously something good enough for F1 probably could be good enough for uh, uh, just the road, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. and I think it's always like a scale question and a, like context of like how much a company spends, for example, developing their F1 team versus like building cars for millions of people a year. Like in isolation, it looks like a ridiculous exercise, but when you put it in the context of what they do, like all together is, is like, a small amount of research and development, probably like, you know, the apples of the world. I don't know, Trung, you might have the exact numbers on this encyclopedia, but the number of products that get developed and never get shipped or below Google, right? You have yeah, these yeah. divisions of people that work on moonshots, skunk works, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes they kick off an innovation that's like completely changes the business. I like maybe AirPods is like a good example of that. Like it, at Apple where it's like a couple of 10 years ago, you would have looked at that and be like, that's sci-fi. Nobody's ever going to figure that out. Wireless headphones are fucking like useless. They don't really work. They have this massive breakthrough and that becomes a like huge part of their business at this that's point. A good, yeah, that's And I think what you said about space earlier, one of you was like, like Jack, what you just said there is like, you normally create something and a lot more comes from it. And like space is the ultimate version of that because we don't know what's out there basically, right? Like right. we know some of what's out there, but you go out there, you're like, damn, what the hell is this? The same way when people, you know, left Columbus, came here and found that there were people here already, but they, you know, found all this new stuff. And um, the same way people have explored different countries in the past, that is on the same planet. When you go to space, it's like next level, obviously. So. That's another, that's actually not something I thought about. Like they're really just a technology company building stuff, getting us to space. And when, once you're in space, whether that's NASA or SpaceX or whoever, you're going to find all this new shit that is hopefully useful here. And um, Trung, you mentioned specifically the mining, space mining, I think you said was the phrase. Was that, is that yeah, right I, phrase? I don't know anything about okay. the financials, but I've heard some absolutely insane stuff about like, the amount you of come stuff. back with like a little rock, you're like the richest person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically like you know, you go to um, you go to Central Park or Prosper Park near me. You just see those dudes wearing those headphones, just looking for stuff with like the yeah. metal detector guys. Or so just beep, beep, right? beep, beep, beeping around. Um, I gotta find like this article. Steroids. I gotta find this article. Put it in the show notes. But the like the idea of information being the unlock for how we operate as a species, like. Somebody figured out how to turn coal into energy, right? But for hundreds or thousands of years before that, hundreds of thousands of years, nobody knew that that was possible. It's like information is the unlock for, you know, to use a ridiculous example, the Tesla powered by the sugar cube that Sailor blessed yeah. us with on episode 66, right? There's, there's, there's. I love that you know the episode number two. Respect. Oh man, I spent so long <laughs> on that trailer. I remember that. The, so, 
the idea that there's a material that exists that could drastically change the energy equation on earth for example yeah right? like the the amount of energy that comes from burning coal relative to the secondary and tertiary effects of burning coal we can all agree has like can be done better in some way shape or form if you stop looking for ways to improve that then you're arguing against the thing that you're using to build your case which to my in my mind is is just moronic yeah right? and you're not very very hard to convince someone of that and also it's just it is frustrating that something like this isn't now a unifying narrative right yeah. like in the same way and i wasn't around when you know jfk is talking about going to the moon so maybe it was the same thing right people going ape shit about that waste of money like we got other stuff to be doing but, but like maybe then, it was exactly the same i thought it was but, more positive from the speaking to parents and stuff like yeah it was it, it, everyone it was, was watching it together to, oh, yeah the way it's been told the way i understand it is yeah. yeah it was i'm just saying like without twitter was there still you know people on the other side of that That's argument maybe it's more point, of yeah. a human nature well, thing where we're like rose tinted out, right? oh everybody loved it and now yeah. nobody yeah, loves it yeah that's a good point yeah yeah or was well, it also just a, they wouldn't have a platform one, they wouldn't have would, a platform right. I was gonna say CBS, right. NBC, ABC you had like, like BBC true. News in the UK and that's yeah. all that was covering it and you're gonna believe what is basically on the TV now you've got everyone fighting and everything's become politicised more so now I think than even I think things have always been politicised but it feels like even more so now like wearing a mask became politicised Elon Musk mm -hmm. has become politicized. Like Joe Rogan became. Like if you speak to someone, in investment advice has become politicized. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it's just like a, yeah, that's a, it's a weird well, one. Let me let me put a pin on this space convo because I know we got other topics to cover. But uh, something I, I want to make sure I made clear was the reason why having such a larger vehicle, uh, which is what Starship is, we call four to five times more payload, is uh and fully reusable in that world is things are way cheaper to send to space, right? It's like, if it's bigger and you can do it more often, like oh, yeah. the cost is something in space. I think the number from the All In podcast was before Starship, it'll be about $15 million. Variable cost per thousand tons. Um, but now it goes down to about 2 million. So it's like 80 to 90% cost savings. Just think about what That's 80, 90% cost savings will do to your life. Um, obviously quite a bit of ways until we get there. Anybody that saw the explosion and saw what happened to the launch pad, the launch pad has some issues that need to be fixed. But um, just trying to give some perspective on, uh, and then, you know, Bilal actually, Bilal before this episode was just like, Trump having been following this a lot. Love to understand the 50,000 foot. Uh, I think you kind of, you kind of knew, uh, it's just good to kind of stack it. He's like, here's the, here's a hundred year reason yeah, why yeah, this definitely. is important. And here's a 10 year reason. I think that's that's cool, and I think we covered a lot. Uh, Jack, anything else on that before we wrap it up, before we move on to the next stuff? No, that was good, boys. That was good. Great. Nice one. Yeah, let us know what you think on uh, space as well, what your thoughts are in the comments, um, what you're excited about. Are you going to be on that first trip to Mars? What's <laughs> going on there? Okay, so let's move on really quickly. I think let's do the follow-up to to the AI music chat with Grimes. Just, we can just knock that out real quick here. Yeah. So Grimes, do you get... Have you guys, um, I think Trung, you've spoken to Grimes before, right? Yeah, we exchanged. Are we allowed uh, to say that? Just a couple of messages were exchanged, but she had expressed, because she wrote on uh, one of the threads, uh, not one of the oh, threads, cool. one of the tweets I did about Coachella. And Sick. she, she's, a, she's an independent artist uh, and has always kind of experimented. Uh, I actually interviewed uh, her manager, uh, and he's also quite into uh, uh, startups and experimenting how technology can change music. 
uh, Dowdo Leonard. Anyways, the reason we bring it up is uh, Grimes uh, last week tweeted out that she will uh, let people use her likeness and voice to create music and she'll split 50, 50 royalties on it. Blau, do you have a yeah, tweet? Yeah, I've got a tweet open it? here, so yeah. I, I thought I'll just share the and screen. This is, the reason we brought this up, this is germane to our chat last week about Drake and The Weeknd yeah. and um, how they were trying to... So she basically said, I'll split 50% royalties on any successful AI-generated song that uses my voice. Same deal as I would, uh, as I would have with any other artist I clap with, collab with. Feel free to use my voice without penalty. I have no label or no legal bindings. And then there was a second tweet here. Talk with my team. If you register music with us, you, uh, we can collect and pay out royalties direct to anyone who uses AI, Grimes, vocals, uses smart contracts. The future is really is now. This is so cool. I just we bring I brought that one up as well because it's very NIA talking yeah. about um, the smart contract life. She's there. combining so, the AI and the payment methods yeah. of crypto. Like it's like she's very forward looking. Smart. Yeah, very forward thinking either way. And I think the reason I, I wanted to just quickly cover it is because last week we talked about fifty foot thousand foot view. We talked about Drake specifically. Drake was pissed off about this, understandably. We talked about why big eyes might be um, you know, a lot, most artists, traditional ones anyway, are going to be annoyed about this. But Grimes yeah. is actually a really big artist. She's not like a tiny unknown artist, right? Like she's been very successful in her own way and she's independent. And for her to say, I'm up for trying this out, that uh, my point, I think I mentioned it was someone will ride the wave the way Soldier Boy did with LimeWire. Yeah. Right? That was kind of a joke, but also kind of true. So again, I don't know how realistic this is and if the things are in place for them to be able to actually do this. But I think that's kind of cool that she uh, is even like thinking about doing that. So a anything else from you guys on that? What you, what you think about it? I love Jack's thoughts actually. Combining the smart contract payout with the AI music thoughts. Put it on the chain well, as the, Jack would always yeah, say. Yeah, I think the interesting next technical challenge is how you add attribution on the streaming platforms because that's where it's like uh, yes yeah. like you're not going to be uploading it to grimes uh spotify account for example so i haven't done enough digging into what she's plugging there but if the royalties are constrained to the whatever the platform is that is responsible for the contract chances are you're not going to get that distribution that you would on a spotify type thing so like um, the real unlock in my mind is like spotify eventually adds this thing where it's like grimes you know using grimes source material but not grimes and you can connect that to i don't we know talked about all the last week. You tag, how they you collect royalties tag her name, right like like you'd like here's a song i'm uploading tag this person right. similar how youtube i mean blah it's content id ish right yeah, basically. I mean, in a well, I, I guess the, to me, there's two parts to this uh, discussion is one is the philosophical debate around is this a right thing for us to that she's even willing to do it? Uh, and then the second is like the tactical thing of like, how does this actually work out in practice? And like you said, like the content ID, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, is basically a fingerprinting technology where anything, anytime you upload a video onto YouTube, TikTok, etc., it gets scanned. Um, and they can figure out there's music playing in the background the same way we're used to using Shazam, essentially. Um, and they mm -hmm. can say this is owned by Universal Music and th there's a copyright claim and then the music company can monetize that. 
and they make money from you using the, the, the clip. The difference here is it's just using the voice. There's not, like if you think of it as a database, like if you've got all of Grimes' music, you know, 100 songs, let's just say, putting her actual voice, the equivalent of just her voice is different. So the technology for fingerprinting, I'm sure they can develop it so it works. But to actually get it to work with just her voice being, you know, on any sort of music or any kind mm -hmm. of variation of, a of you know, it could be sped up. It could have some distortion. It could be like some, you know, echo or whatever, all the different reverb or whatever. So th that's the part where just technically, I think that can easily be developed over time. But I don't know if it's necessarily there yet. Maybe it is. And then the, the third start part, platform, that's my response. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, Title? just, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then the third part is what Jack just said there is like, how do you actually get that onto the existing infrastructure where people listen to music, which is Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, basically. And then I guess radio is a, is an extension of all that. So I, I don't know how you'd actually do that technically. Maybe it would just be more a limited thing where she's like, anyone who wants to do this, sign up with me and you'll get approval. One, yeah, one, one question I have is like, how does that work now if you have like a feature? So there probably it must be infrastructure to like funnel royalties to featured artists, right? So yeah, maybe it's just a case like of a like her approving, approving features on existing platforms. Or I'm assuming like she'll be doing the same. Grimes. Yeah. yeah, but there is also an opportunity to be like, hey, I'm going to launch this platform. Any artist that wants to put all of their material up as like a creative playground for people to remix and also like step into this moment of everybody being fascinated by this stuff as opposed to making it and then like crowbarring it into the distribution that already yeah. exists. Obviously, it's got very hard to achieve network effect on a new platform, but if anybody's going to do it, if anybody has the like positioning, the personality, the like, it's hard to imagine somebody like more traditional of a thinker pivoting into this. She has, it feels like a great opportunity to yeah. like start a new behavior and build the technology that... Uh, supports this kind of well, like this way of working as a as yeah. a music producer or artist or whatever else I, I agree the only thing I'd say is I would see that like doing our own platform thing as like version five of this like version uh -huh. one would be like basically she put up a link and said if you want to apply to do this work with me like fill out this form essentially and then they're going to approve a certain number of people and once they they still can have that, like, you go and create using my voice. I've given you permission, but you're kind of like a vetted person. And then once that music is created, the stuff that bubbles to the top, they can officially put it even in her own, you know, like Spotify, basically, mm -hmm. like Grimes music. But maybe there's a designation that this is like a remix version using a voice or whatever. I don't, I don't know how that would work, but I, I can't well, imagine. Elf, this elf.tech might be it, might be what they're doing. So, is that, yeah, that yeah. was yeah. Yeah. Right now. Well, actually, when yeah. you guys were talking, all I could think about was Jack, like how you get to set royalties on, uh, on on your platforms that you use. It seems like, Jack, would it make a lot of sense for these existing NFT platforms to somehow innovate an idea like this? Or is that too complicated? The problem is, I think the most of the platforms are just devolved into these marketplaces that people try to make music NFTs a thing. They don't really... They never seem to take off, probably because they're like harder to, they're not like natively shareable in the same way that art is. That's my, I guess my, uh, haven't spent that much time thinking about it, but that's definitely 
like delayed the that kind of behavior of people collecting music but i do think it is one of the most simple and uh obvious uses of a smart contract right it's like the four of you Not deployed this yeah. asset yeah four of you deployed this asset one of you has 50 percent of the uh the back end upside one of you has 25 one and then 12 and a half 12 and a half like to me there's a huge opportunity there and weirdly like putting these things on existing marketplaces that have been built around different asset different types of assets which is either like one artist making stuff or like a company building a team and then like making a membership pass or whatever the royalty in those instances is more about like transfer of ownership versus royalty in this instance is like consumption of the product mm, like you don't yeah. necessarily have to own uh, the product to get the royalty it's like yeah. the 0.001 cent like it would be so amazing if spotify did like a yeah i was uh, just thinking that off product right they did like a on-chain spotify and just played around with this concept of like artists can start to basically interact with the market in a completely different way. Like you have your, and a lot of artists just can't do this because they've signed deals that are either predatory or like prevent them from doing anything outside of like getting permission from the label. But people like Grimes, without any of those restraints, restrictions, whatever, can just experiment with this stuff. And the economics of it right now is all ads too, right? It's like the, man, who was I talking to last week? The, this idea, this idea of like it's either art or ads there's basically the two the two things that are happening in in a internet economy you have like people creating stuff and then people trying to sell stuff based on the attention that's on yeah, the stuff that's that somebody else is creating crazy very simple right? what do you think about look at the top companies in the world top 10 obviously facebook uh, meta and google they're ads based amazon has a 30 billion ad business microsoft has a 10 Everything comes back to ads on the internet. It's just like, yeah. that. that's actually my, when people ask about the Twitter situation, I'm just like, the reality is this. We've talked about it. Just have a really good app platform. <laughs> that's where it's really added, right? Is we've been toying around this Twitter subscriptions and like I pay for Twitter blue and I can't say it enough. Top articles is an amazing feature. Is um, It's just the idea that the ads thing is just, it just works. It just works. You Inescapable, just, man. Yeah, there's a way to do it well. And like... Can I just add one little? It's sorry, unlocked a gun, lot of. It's, it, it's unlocked a lot of. Uh, I don't know if this is a, maybe too uh, grandiose of a word, but like democratization of access to certain technologies, right? Ads, you cannot argue, have created a model where people can get things for free that cost yeah, a lot yeah. of money to make. Yeah, they subsidize the internet. They sub. They made right. the internet free, basically. Yeah. And we don't like. Like I hate going on a site with seventy-two ads as well as much as anyone, but. Like, I also don't want to pay for that site most of the time. And if I did, I, if they gave me an option, like even now, you know, like I think of um, Patreons that I pay for for podcasts. Like there's only probably, there's about three podcasts I pay for. And mainly I'm doing it like to help them out, but they also normally take the ads out, which I kind of like being able to skip. So 
And you may, you're like the super, super, super user of that. Like as a, you know, yeah, like exactly. that is Eight a, hours a day. such a massive edge yeah. case. Crazy. Def yeah. Definitely. Exactly. All he does is walks around New York <laughs> listening to podcasts. But it's such a, it's such a joke. Me and Mel recording well. podcasts. That's All it. recorded. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I did say, I checked my app. The average time is four hours a, a day. Four and a, a half hours a day. Well, yeah. That's wow. insane. It's pretty crazy. If you can record podcasts while you walk, it's game over for you. You'd be, yeah. Yeah. you would literally be the Just next Jerome. Mike? If you could just do <laughs> that'll be jokes. Uh, that'll be jokes. Yeah, wait, it's crazy. Uh, I, I just want to add two things and then throw a blah question. I, I I know we already did the Google blah joke, so I'm not gonna bring it up again. But uh, so the two critic not criticisms, the two things that I saw brought up when Grimes lunches, I read through the comments. Uh, two things I did want to flag was number one is, and I think she addressed this also. She's slightly concerned about uh, you know, you could use her voice to do some really gnarly and negative. Oh stuff. damn, yeah, didn't even think so, about that. I think uh, you guys kind of uh, brought it up a bit, but she's kind of, I think there's like a little bit of vetting going on because she's like, hey, you sign up to this list. This is how you get paid out. Actually, that's probably the layer of vetting, right? To automate that and make that scalable will have to change. But she's, she might be listening to some of these tracks like, yeah, let's not monetize this one. And like, uh, so there's that. The other part of it, which is a very uh, interesting, is just the idea of this AI hype cycle happens so fast. Right, we were talking about the Pope quote a month ago. Now it's just completely like you know how it opens up. So talking about how media is just flat, yeah, it's crazy, and yeah. everything's just flat, and all these crazy things are happening, and we're just like next thing, right? Oh, the largest uh, and most powerful rocket in the history of mankind uh, was just lifted off a launch pad and flew forty kilometers in the air. Oh, cool. What uh, what's AI music doing next, right? So I, there's that uh, the world we we talked about it last week, and I, I could not agree with this point more than you guys brought up from last week. The idea of just appointment viewing, appointment listening, appointment cultural anything. What are we all talking about, right? Like, we were talking about, hey, Bilal and Trunk can have their own individualized music, but no one else is going to listen to that, no one else is going to care, and there's no social element, there's no yeah. network effect. So I do feel like this is uh, and not necessarily her thing is gimmicky. I think some people will win. I love the way that Bilal said it. It's like, there will be a soldier boy kind of, uh, individual that comes out of this, right? Somebody like who? Somebody won the auto tune race, which was T Pain. T Pain, the soldier yeah. boy of AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah soldier boy, of AI, right? <laughs> soldier, soldier boy, cracked the streaming. Like T Pain is Mr. Auto Tune. Like these technologies come by, somebody gets associated with it. That's true, yeah. Um, and there's only enough attention that can aggregate exactly, in one right? spot. So Ryan's being first mover on this. It's like she's Smart. it now. Historically, that's her. She's the first one to have embraced it as far as the 99% of the public yeah, is known. Yeah, yeah, so she, yeah. she very well may just win based on that, right? Uh, but uh, the question then becomes from these other people that do it. But yeah, so I think those are the two other thoughts I want to add. It. And then the question I had from Bilal, which is super interesting. Uh, this is from Nile Palau, uh, uh, sorry, Nile Patel from The Verge, above editor of The Verge. He said- Directly to Bilal. Yeah, yeah, I was going to, yeah. <laughs> not because of the last name, uh, not related. <laughs> Because it's Google and YouTube. He goes, Google and YouTube have a massive tension around copyright right now. Because they couldn't even take down uh, the Drake Weekend song based on copyright, based on traditional copyright. Because, like, the labels are saying, oh, no, we own this yeah. song, right? Well, nobody, oh, Ghost Writer 30, 77, the guy that made that Drake Weekend song, he owns that song. He made yeah. it. So what yeah. are you copyrighting? And he didn't put their name on it, right? He yeah. didn't, right? He didn't. No, he, uh, he, I mean, he, I think he that's he a great question. He probably wrote Drake Weekend, maybe, yeah. but I can't remember. But you're allowed to do that on YouTube. You're allowed to do that. But this is what they got him on, uh, uh, on the copyright. This is the takedown. 
They got him for saying Metro Boomin was a producer. Oh, so, so yeah. it's in- inaccurate. Yeah. No, but it's like, but there's like a Ken Mouse game going on because the guy can just take that out now. He can just take the Metro Boomin. It's like a policy. No credit. Like yeah. policy. No, no credit. Yeah, and then yeah. there's no cop. So now they don't copyright. So what Google has to do then is Google has to do what uh, all these artists are suing like Getty Images for. They're basically, they're going one level below. They're going to the foundational models. They're saying, oh, no, no, I'm not hitting you up on the copyright on this one song. I'm saying the entire AI tool was built on stolen materials, trained on stolen materials. And this is the conundrum for Google during the blah. So this is huge, right? YouTube is a $30 billion business uh, yeah. uh, for Google. It's probably 10 to 20% well, of their valuation, if not yeah. more. If they say, basically, if they agree with the label and say, you're right, training the underlying models is where this uh, criminal, is where this illegal thing is happening, they're kneecapping their entire generative AI business, barred all the tools are due for because open AI. You're saying because it's not consistent yeah. with you how generative pick, AI right? works. How yeah. will you treat generative AI? Yeah. Is the model illegal or is it not illegal? If it's not illegal, they're going to have problems on They're YouTube. in a pickle, to be fair, with yeah, that. Because right? it's like either way, they're kind of <laughs> fucked, right? So yes. what, the, the, what I was going to say on that, um, Trung, is like just I'll comment really quickly on how they're dealing with it now versus like the past. So like with anything like this, it's kind of like, boring stuff but it's basically youtube policy versus law right like so there's like a law of a country and obviously laws within different countries like a saudi arabia music law is different to the us i assume uh-huh. right so that even as google as a company that would come up all the time people not just in youtube but google as well someone would say hey this person like even in google search someone would say this person's written like i they're bidding on my brand term and they're writing something in the ad text that is about me, that is against the law or whatever. And what I've quickly found out was the law of the country is not always the law of Google's policy. And Google's policy needs to be made based on one, what the company thinks is in their best interest, their you know users and uh, advertising interests, but also like there's policies for each country, like I said. So they kind of need to account for that. And music is a really interesting one because again, the law in Saudi Arabia for even maybe not even say Saudi Arabia let's just say Europe somewhere versus US might be very different from like copyright GDPR law. even like exactly, saying, exactly saying somebody's name in an ad you can't do that exactly. right in the States you could be like our competitor is a piece of shit yeah yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> dress it up as the other competitor yeah, so that's yeah. all like the way um, Apple and Microsoft had that back in the day yeah, like yeah. that rivalry Epic, so that's man. one, one great, great ads amazing ads yeah but the, the, so that's kind of like how they have to think about it. That's why it's very tricky for them. At the same time, their YouTube specifically is in a, in a very different place than it was 10 years ago or whatever, right? So when, I, I, I forgot the year, all that stuff kicked off with the labels last time and it was this historic case with them um, that essentially Content ID kind of came out streaming of that. streaming stuff? Or is yeah, well, around that music stuff. So there was this ongoing mm. debate for a long time. How do you treat our music? And eventually Google came up with this thing we've referenced several times on the pod now, Content ID, that was a technological solution to a a otherwise analog problem, really, right? Or like a kind of real world problem. Um, And they needed time to create a policy and then create a technological solution that accounted for all those factors. People streaming music on their phone, you know, the the way people can easily just upload a video with, with music in it. And now with all the shorts, like the whole culture of shorts is you put music in the background. 
right? So that's a whole different level, I'm sure, as well. So that I think the difference is back then, it was more important for Google to set, you know, in my opinion anyway, to make a stand and say, we're going to need music on the platform and we're going to kind of like fight for that. And they kind of went up against those labels instead of just lying down and saying, oh well, yeah, we'll just ban option, music. Right? Like, they gave them an option, right? They came with a solution. It sounds like the most like intern, NBA intern yes. thing to do, but they came <laughs> not with a problem, but a solution to the table. And they said, here is, sorry, sorry, Trung, NBA, uh, but you no, know no, what I'm no. saying? It's like what a I'm real good thing to do. What I'm saying is the way the story ends is this. Blau's like, and I was at intern. <laughs> yeah, 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 in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but no, I think Blau, you, you, as you're talking, all I can think about is how you're literally addressing Jack's initial point. Yeah. Some platform needs to figure this out. It's yeah. very much in Google's interest to figure out how to yeah. integrate AI and get these artists paid, right? But Trung, just to, my last point on it was the Google of 2008 or 2010 or whatever was is very different to 2023. Yeah. I think their relationship with the labels is way better probably now than it was back then because they've made them a bunch of money. They've got 10, 15 years of of a relationship where everyone's, you know, being generally happy or at least, you know, I mean, it's never been fully happy. And even stuff like... Um, like the people, right? Like I forgot, is, is it Leo Cohen is like, was, I think he's still at Google. You think he's head of YouTube music. He's like a legend in the music industry. He comes from that hip hop. Someone like him, I assume was hired to ease those, you know, relationships with those labels and yeah. say, look, we've got an insider here who understands your needs as much as ours. So I think they my assumption is their stance on something like this will be very much in the, making sure the labels are happy. But they're going to make sure that, that they don't shoot themselves in the foot with the generative AI stuff. Now, the problem is there's going to yeah. be politics within YouTube versus the rest of Google because YouTube cares about YouTube. They don't really necessarily care about the rest. That, that's their priority. They Go do, on, Jack. Man, spin them off, dude. That's a massive yeah. business. Yeah, that's true. That Sorry, was, Jack. This you idea of like, no, I was just, as you were talking, uh, this idea of like where artists break, like Bieber was YouTube, uh, like, generation youtube right and i'm curious now whether or not that is more on the short type TikTok platforms. Or something. like tiktok is now where artists get their break probably yeah and i the think way youtube is still in... up there to be fair but i think yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, the pop it's... is on tiktok like viral and then i'm not trying to like... tank the google stock here no, no. <laughs> still a lot of yeah. value still a lot I'm, of value I'm... I've never made that joke Bilal. <laughs> that is a jack butcher joke <laughs> No, but it's but gotcha. I agree with you. And it's like at the at its peak, like when it was breaking through culture for the first time, YouTube is like where like an artist used to be like getting discovered on TV or radio. And then it's YouTube, then it's TikTok, then it's whatever else. It's, it's a like, channel you of the internet, basically. Right there, you yeah. go. Which which platform has the lowest friction to getting your work up and distributed? Yeah. And what channel you? Even if they lose, even oh, so it's like a niche hip hop. UK hip hop channel in in the UK. Two thousands, legendary, um, legendary. Yeah, put a lot of people on uh, the map. Indeed, and and that that to me is like the platform that even if they like bleed cash for a bunch of years, this the idea of like becoming the place where artists are discovered and their like the culture around their art grows. That weirdly does come back to like a lot of these policies right it's it's like the very much driven by what the platform allows to propagate yeah so i wonder if the 
even the TikTok argument where I don't know how much they comply with the um, what's the acronym for the the content ID stuff, stuff with DMC, DMCA the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know if they are as on top like of that. They, I, feel I feel like they have something similar now. Trunk, do no, you know Jack about that? Dan, did Jack ask Dan Runzi his exact question? He's like, Dan, what's going on with TikTok? I feel like they have every single song. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, right? You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, library, I, feel, yeah. I feel, I feel like they have way more. Like this is a subtle difference, but in my mind, like the song or the ability to add a song as a feature. Yeah. Like YouTube, you're not making content on YouTube, right? You make it on your computer. It's fucking hard to even get a song Completely, to put yeah. it on a video. It's in, like, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll rip it somewhere, like, buy, you can't, yes. where'd you buy an MP3 no, you, you have to, yeah, you you're right. Do you, it. you normally have to get, like, for our theme song, is from a, is a free, like, license-free right. song. You rip and it you, off and then put it yeah. back on. The friction is crazy. The friction is insane. And that's yeah. like... If I'm universal or whatever, I'm like, put a plugin in there. Like, put me in After Effects or put me in whatever the editing software is. Let people pull the song and then, you know, have it tag in the same way that song is literally a filter on TikTok. Like, yeah, you can filter right. videos by the song. And if you, like, get this, like, worm in your brain, you can watch 250 different <laughs> clips My money of this don't same song. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> all of I just laugh and you can see the spit rolling. Oh, God. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm just try. imagining Bilal just like the 800th rendition <laughs> of the same song. The first, 20, the first 20 seconds of the same song. The other thing, boys, is that like, like Jack saying, TikTok was musically, right? Like that was the yeah. that was the DNA it's, of the company was yeah, remember yeah, in the yeah, beginning yeah. it was we just thought of kids doing funny dances and now I'm going on there for like you know like workout routine taxes. TikTok or well, like there, Spanish I mean, like, taxes. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like with the weekend on the back. Let yeah, me, like, literally. <laughs> hey, how do I get uh, this uh this special deduction uh, for uh Bro, say, that, you know, that is definitely a, a part of TikTok. There's definitely uh, yeah. a TikTok fire that, that micro niche. Yeah, Incredible. No, it's right. a good point, Jack. That's definitely a good point. Boys, we've got five minutes to quickly just let's finish off that oh, last yeah, part can, as well. Oh, 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 we got oh, hard? Oh, we got oh no, move. I thought you did, but yeah, we can... Uh... No, I'll, I'll extend this just so we can have All right, more let's keep going. the bus right, Anything else on the AI music? I thought that was a good chat, No, though. that was juicy, man. More than I originally thought we'd cover, so good stuff. All good? All right. Remains Jack, to be you look seen. Like you had yeah, we'll see what happens. I know, we'll see what happens. I got plenty. All right, perfect, Same perfect. Let's week. finish off with our favorite topic, the demise of legacy media. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we got Tucker, Don Lemon, uh, okay, Fox well, let's News. Okay, let crazy last week, all right? And then end so, of BuzzFeed News, which yeah. is not, I mean, it's an interesting question. What are they? Crazy that that's traditional, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, basically crazy. feels like the web we're deal, like the web two version. Yeah. We're, we're lumping BuzzFeed. You're right, man. Boom. It's crazy. To me, they feel like legacy, even Vice, though they're not. Vice, Vox, BuzzFeed, which is obviously 2010s, at this point, they're legacy media. Like, they were a different time and place, right? Like that. But so, uh, l let me just list off what Bilal talked yeah. about. Yesterday was Monday. Uh, Tucker Carlson was pushed out of Fox. Don Lemon uh, resigned and or was pushed out of CNN. BuzzFeed News shut down over the past week. He definitely didn't News. resign. He was definitely sacked. Oh, uh, Lemon? Yeah, like, definitely. He posted well, something CNN like, I, nobody said, told me this. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He says CNN he got did. sacked. CNN's like, no, no, no. We said he could come talk to him. Well, anyways, I think you're right. He got uh, sacked, uh, right? Uh, Tucker definitely got sacked. His stuff's actually quite interesting. We should look into that. We should talk about that because very relevant to the Fox News empire. Uh, a little bit more political. We don't have to get too deep into it. But uh, And then BuzzFeed News. So, well, let's let's start with this. Let's start with BuzzFeed. Drunk's still wow. not trying to get cancelled. I see it. Yeah, let's no, uh, I have a very nuanced. What's Strong going to watch every night now? Yeah. That's yeah, the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tucker's out. You're going to watch Tucker on Rumble, wherever. Yeah. That's probably where he's going to end well, up. Well, I mean, with that's Andrew where... Tate and Russell Brand. But this is, but this is where all this analysis is going, right? Like that's a that's a top level news. So I'll give you the BuzzFeed take super quickly. Is uh, so BuzzFeed news. Uh, uh Jonah Brody, the founder of BuzzFeed. What I mean, do you have to say it's quite ambitious? He tried to make an internet-first business, which obviously grew quite large on Facebook. Do you guys remember the heyday of BuzzFeed? Like, Oh, remember those well, questionnaires? Was it a Facebook be... page, was it, to begin yeah, with? Yeah, Facebook page, the amount of traffic these guys, so they were riding Insane. Facebook. Insane. They fully yeah. understood. They were riding Facebook. It was like a full, they 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 basically invented a genre of content, right? Listicles, yeah, listicles, yeah. meme uh, roundups, like totally invented it. And... Uh, they were the, the original thread boys of Facebook. The original thread boys. OG thread boys. And uh, Disney <laughs> tried to buy them for $650 million. And when they were on Facebook still. When they were, when they were just blowing up all, all over Facebook. They had, they had their dedicated web page. But this okay. was the whole point. Iger was going through his run of like acquiring all these IP properties, right? Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel. And then he's just like, oh, we need something for the young audience. Disney is so different than, I mean, uh, BuzzFeed is so different from everything that Disney was doing, <laughs> but they realized that for digital play, I mean, we talked about it, right? It's like, remember, device was worth $6 billion once. You know what I mean? Like, the insanity that was going on, right? And Disney put in a big check to Vice. So Disney tried to buy BuzzFeed for $650 million. This is all like, these are all succession uh, subplots. No, too, I was just they? thinking oh, of succession yeah. right Gojo now, yeah. and uh, Varda, they, they're all succession subplots. What's Gojo supposed to be? Uh, Gojo is supposed to be, I think, like a streaming. It's like a Netflix, Spotify type of thing. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Substack one there. So I know spoiler alert, you know, but launching? the Substack yeah, one they're trying to do is so funny. Substack meets Masterclass meets. Uh, <laughs> By the way, York. just real quick, when we get to the finale of Succession, we're one hundred percent doing. Yeah, we're doing uh, a full episode because it's episode. been incredible. Oh my it's god, been so yeah, good. I'm caught up now, boys. As well. All right, yeah, so maybe we'll finish off. So, guys, yeah. hit me. What do you tell me? Yeah. What your thoughts were on BuzzFeed? Uh, uh, let me pin it with oh, this. Incredible. The downfall. It was worth 650 million. That was the offer from Disney. They said no. Bob Iger said fuck him to the the, the founder CEO Jonah. He's like they will never be worth as much as if they were with us. This is from a profile of Ben Smith. Literally sounds like succession yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is like, so Ben Smith, who's a former New York a reporter, but worked in BuzzFeed, was editorial lead for many years. Um, and wrote, a, he's writing a book about it. This article dropped yesterday in Vanity Fair. So today, BuzzFeed is worth, I believe, 150 million. It went public in the SPAC last year. Man, if you bought that, if you bought BuzzFeed public, damn, dude. Like, we never gave that investment advice. I tell you that right now. Well, what, yeah. how far are they down? Is it... Uh... 98 oh, percent, like 90, 80, 90 percent, and uh, they're worth less than the offer. Like they the go, rest of my portfolio, so going, right? I'm definitely yeah, up there. So. Fair yeah. enough, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, I'll tell you what's funny, not funny, what's sad is when uh, Jonah Purdy wrote the BuzzFeed uh, layoff email. This is what is happening to BuzzFeed now. So they combined with Huffington Post and Complex. So Jonah Purdy said, We're shutting down BuzzFeed News, 
we're going to try to redirect all the resources and energy towards the front page of Huffington Post, which he also co-founded. Damn. So, like, we are full circle, boys. This That's is where just Black a still redirect. Hey, They're literally just a hey, traffic yeah. driver for Huffington Post. What is it like? If, do you have one example of a media acquisition where like momentum has turned around? Is there one example? Mm, that's a good question. That's a great question. That is a great. I can't question. think of it. I can't a think of any. I'm pure my media. Head, I don't know that world though. Like a pure, yeah. Like that's. It a good feels question. like it feels like this is so like sentiment and culture driven. Where it's like when this shit is gone, it's like the amount of it's energy over. and effort you have to put in to change it is like just fucking do something else. Yeah. But that's the that was a succession quote. So spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it is like this is a great brand. It's like no, it's a parts shop. Like yeah. I don't yeah, want the, the brand. Shop. The brand yeah, is yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Part, so good. Dude, how, so, so, so good. good. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's too good, right? man. It's too no, good. No, but he nailed I cut right? out old TV except for Succession. Yeah. It's, it's well, we might need to do too good. a Telegram only or something. Like, we need to do like something where we yeah, people that's a good idea. in. A watch party. Yeah. A little watch party, exactly. Because it's it's yeah. just NIA such a good... Oh, man. I'm I'm going to be so sad when it's done because it's probably the best show. I mean... It's one of the... It's insane. It's... When you talk about Mount Rushmore TV... I have to have Sopranos, have to have The Wire. And then this is a conversation that Bill Simmons on the ring. Top actually, boy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> not, not the same level, but up no, there. No, but, uh, but this is this is battling for the other, uh, other two spots um, uh, with like shows like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, yeah. uh, Game of Thrones. But anyways, back to BuzzFeed. So their future now, they're embracing generative AI. Like they're using AI to do a lot of stuff, which is kind of terrifying. But I think the takeaway for BuzzFeed is this. Building uh, on uh, on on tr- building on, pl- uh, uh, on Facebook, a lot of companies tried. A lot of media companies tried. It's like, listen, the takeaway from this entire segment is going to be this: going independent, owning your distribution. That's what it is going to be. Because the next topic we're going to touch on is Tucker. Tucker got bounced from Fox News. He was huge. He was a superstar. Fox News. Fox News lost five hundred million in market cap yesterday when uh, Tucker left or uh, was uh, was fired, and he was fired because. Typically, with an anchor of this status, you give him obviously time and you let him do the final goodbye, right? They fired him and said his last episode was on Friday. So they fired him on Monday. Apparently, the decision to fire him came from Rupert Murdoch himself. So a couple of reasons why this might be happening. Uh, Ben Smith, this is actually very relevant. Ben Smith, who is now the co-founder of Semaphore, wrote an article this morning about Tucker Carlson. And he's explaining the fusion of Fox with the Republican Party of the United States. So Fox News rose up in the 90s under Roger Ailes. You guys remember Roger Ailes? Yeah. Yeah, like oh, really nasty Oh, that was a good show too. Dude. What yeah. was that one? Yeah, what was that? Oh, the they dramatization did a, a, like a, of... The dramatization of Roger Ailes, right? Yeah. This, 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 yeah. Roger Ailes used to work with Nixon, political operator, nasty, nasty dude who understood this game, the political game, just like to a T, right? He was a kingmaker. Uh, in this article Ben Smith wrote, so like Paul Ryan, who was a vice president of candidate with Mitt Romney, like would come kiss the ring. And then he later became speaker of Roger Ailes. Like, we're talking one of the most powerful politicians in the world going down to Fox News, kissing the ring of the guy that's determining what X percent of the country thinks about politics, right? Because Fox News obviously runs Republican, uh, not runs, but is the mouthpiece for the Republican Party. Mouthpiece, eh, they're a little bit more opportunistic. Like, Rupert Murdoch weds himself to political parties for ratings and to curry favor. But uh, the takeaway with Tucker Carlson was, he took over that top spot from Bill O'Reilly. You guys remember Bill O'Reilly? Oh, yeah. Bill no, O'Reilly fuck, yeah. yeah, resigned seven years ago, almost to the day. Did he also because, resign or did he resign in Equal? Oh, he was fired, actually. Uh, fired, there's a yeah, sexual yeah. assault lawsuit. Something came out yeah. where he 
that Fawcett paid off $13 million worth to multiple uh, 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 sexual assault victims or people I that I think Morning Show is that. a similar kind of story. I oh, think it's based idea. on something like yeah. that, yeah. The whole point with Tucker, what's interesting about Tucker, I guess uh, the takeaway from all this was, if you're Tucker Carlson, you're that big, and because he did play to the worst instincts of the Republican Party, like he's really pushing the January 6th uh, uh, Capitol and the stolen election stuff. And the reason why this is all big is it came out from this Dominion voting system loss. You guys saw it last week, that massive settlement. Fox paid almost $800 million to Dominion voting, which is the voting systems used for the elections because relentlessly after the 2020 election, Fox was just peddling the story that these systems were hacked, systems were faulty, that they were a stolen election. And Dominion's like, yo, hold up. <laughs> this is our business, right? Like you're shitting all over our business. We're going to sue your face off and, and, until you can prove these claims. So you're going to pay $800 million but the, the, uh, what came out during, it didn't go to court, but the, the, the discovery process leaked a lot of stuff. And Tucker, this is where it gets pretty like dark. Not dark, but like negative looking for him. He was saying he hated Donald Trump. He was saying he hated Fox, the management of Fox News. He said he knew that the, um, the stolen election uh, storyline was probably a reach and not great for the country, but he was still pushing it. So like all these texts are coming out and, uh, you know, I think Fox News is both which going to try to find a buyer. And, and Tucker was a little bit too close or, or too much in the face of uh, the stolen election stuff. And obviously said some pretty negative things yeah. to uh, the management of Fox. He also is actually under a lawsuit right now, too, from a former producer that said that there's a lot of misogyny, anti-Semitism in the workplace. But anyways, with, I'll wrap it I'll wrap a bow in all this. I think this is more so along the lines of stuff for combo is like Tucker's going to have a massive independent platform, right? Like that's just tomorrow. This guy flicks on a Substack or a rumble video. Like we're joking about them tens of millions of dollars in subscribers. So, uh, I don't know if that's his end game. I don't know if I'm not going to opine on the morality of it. I just think the, all these things that happened in the past week are indicative of what we talk about in media, right? It's like, these old bundles that were created on cable, old bundles created around traditional media. Everything's cracking, and uh, I have no idea what the future holds, people. But uh, we're here and for then, it. Ro on Don Lemon, he just had a similar thing where he apparently was... He's a had a lot of gaffes recently, and like behind and the scenes... I think apparently behind the scenes, he was you know saying stuff well to liked. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. well liked. He's, there he's were like complaints say, against him, I think, about, yeah. allegedly anyway. So well, he's the that one that said Nikki story. Haley was not in her prime because she was 45 years old and like that took a lot of heat. And then he had a, yeah, uh, he's, never, dude, he's been there 20 years almost, crazy. It's yeah, anyways. mad. I think what the big issue uh, for trying what you said about that like, BuzzFeed was they were all being valued as this like new media thing, which at the time they were growing like crazy and like making a huge impact. But the big thing is, they were built off, I mean, BuzzFeed specifically was built off Facebook the same way Angry Birds, not Angry Birds, um, what was that other game that was really bit popular on on Facebook? Farmville. Farmville, Farmville. Farmville, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Farmville was a little bit different because it was at least native to Facebook and you played basically within Facebook, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas BuzzFeed, you're going off site. And as we know, the social platforms don't like you going off site. But back then, it wasn't as much of a problem because it was new. So their organic reach, so if they had a million followers, the number of people seeing their stuff was 50% or something like that. Now it's 0.1%. Mm -hmm. And so over time, you that changed. 
and that they they were building on rented land essentially and no, eventually I think the amount of uh, profit uh, at one point uh was zingo was 10 to 20 percent of uh facebook's that's revenue mad. when yeah, it went but public that, but that's because they were staying on platform and they yeah, were taking a cut but to your point right it's like you're gonna get your ass booted yeah exactly so uh that was the big thing where like the reason newsletters have become so important again like they've been around for 20 30 years it's not like a new technology owned yeah but it owned exactly <laughs> podcast semi-owned media i was the last thing i was going to say about buzzfeed is like they is they weirdly had this like media arbitrage thing right where they're just like curating and obviously they have people writing for them and like producing content but it's like you have this endless funnel of stuff if you're just like becoming a basically a rapper for everything on the internet you could just churn out so much stuff and it's like like the format was the niche versus the content being the niche so you could just appeal to like ridiculous amount of people like what one thing is like you know 10 puppies from wherever else and then the next one is like super the most expensive supercars in the world or it was like not like the lads mag type trivia stuff it is like okay magazine of the internet yeah it hits Mail, everything. yeah wait who yeah I'm, I'm guessing the supercars got you just like 18 best supercars <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. i can't even remember where i like used to see that stuff but it was like legitimately novelty when it first was out right it, it, it worked would, uh, so well because it was that. that's yeah. why i didn't want to do buzzfeed that's why the buzzfeed news shutting down was just like an acknowledgement that this former business model is like let's build it on memes and listicles but can you add something that has prestige on it because remember BuzzFeed News they did real stuff they broke they some crazy stuff yeah, oh, yeah. They were, yeah. 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 also yes. the quizzes find out which friends character you are like answer these 72 <laughs> yeah, questions yeah, you know yeah. what I mean as you be there with yeah. day I'm a Joey you know what I mean that's like <laughs> yeah. so dumb it, it was very you need to clip that I'm yeah, a yeah. Joey I'm a Joey <laughs> Wait, actually, that's a quick, that's a fun question. Wait, which friends characters are we before? No, no, I'm gonna start getting uh getting in some trouble there. All right, boys, I think we can wrap it up here. Anything else before we kick out? No, that was meaty, man. Uh, every time good. you know we come in here, we're like, oh, oh what are their topics gonna be? And just ends up being nice. And yeah, meaty. there was a lot of good stuff. From in there. Wi-Fi goes out halfway through. Bilal yeah. uh, has a Google. Do you know what? That, I think at this point, the listeners have been here since episode one. You're just kind of coming for the Eastern eggs now. You want to know when is Trung's uh, internet going to go out? When is a Bilal joke coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, when is Jack going to reveal the password from his account bell? Like, these are all yeah, just the running yeah, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, as always, thanks for being here, everyone. Appreciate you listening every week, spreading the words in the group chat with the boys, with the ladies, and uh, your colleagues in Slack. If you're still on Slack, the small percentage of you still stuck there, not Microsoft Teams. Um, yeah, appreciate you spreading the word. Uh, also, make sure you're subscribed on uh, the Instagram, TikTok. Throw some reviews. Shorts. Uh, people been uh, enjoying some of those as well. So uh, do us a favor, double tap those as well for us. Keep blowing those up and we will see you guys on the next one. Cheers. Peace.